only thing we have to fear is fear itself. FDR spoke on March 4th, 1933 in his inauguration address. Ringing through the chambers in our nation's capital, the call to arms against one of the greatest threats our nation experienced. Fear keeps so many stuck, immobilized, unfulfilled, hopeless. And one of the greatest fears that keeps people stuck right where they are, immobilized, unfulfilled, and hopeless is the fear of failure. What if we fail? What if it doesn't work? Is the potential of failing in our dream journey enough to keep us from moving forward? Should the potential of failing cause us to doubt our dreams? In today's episode, let's shine the light on this sinister enemy. Lurking in the shadows of every dream pursuit, failure does its best to keep us stationary. Yet you will discover today that simply shining the light on failure, owning it, takes away its power and puts power back into your hands. It's all coming up next, right here on Stop Doubting Your Dream. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is episode 80. I love that quote that is spoken so often by FDR in his first inaugural address. It's interesting to note, 1933, what was going on at that time in the history of the United States of America? The Great Depression. So on March 4th, as he begins his first days in the presidency, here is the the quote, two sentences from his speech I want to pull out as we begin this uh, talk on failure. This great nation will endure as it has endured, will revive and will prosper. So first of all, Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Man, I love that quote. We've got the full address on audio link in my show notes in case you want to listen to the whole thing. But I love what he says there. We will endure as we have endured. We will revive and will prosper. What a great way to start out a presidency, a great way to launch new leadership, to pursue a dream for a better nation. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, all the things that fear of failure brings, and it paralyzes the needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. The fear of failing leaves us so vulnerable and open to the enemy's schemes. I was thinking about all of the things it leaves us vulnerable to. Listen to this short list. It leaves us vulnerable to inaction and stagnation. It paralyzes us. It prevents us from taking necessary risks or even pursuing opportunities. It leaves us vulnerable to missed opportunities. Missed opportunities for learning, advancement, achieving meaningful goals. It leaves us vulnerable to low self-esteem and self-worth. Individuals may internalize the fear, viewing themselves as incapable or unworthy. In other words, we move from just failing on something to being a failure. It impacts confidence and self-image. It also can leave us vulnerable to regret and what-ifs. Man, the lingering dissatisfaction 
with our own choices. It can leave us vulnerable to limited innovation and creativity. When individuals are afraid to experiment or think outside the box, they have a scarcity mentality and they limit their potential for groundbreaking ideas and solutions. I don't know if you thought about this, but fear of failing can also leave us vulnerable to strained relationships. I think of how many people in my pastoral work, I think of how many people I've talked to that are in the counseling profession that see folks that their strained relationships have no chance of getting healthy or whole because the people aren't willing to take the risks, both personally, professionally, that hinders their effective teamwork and communication. It can lead to perfectionism, the mindset of, I got to get it perfect. I can't mess up. And man, can that lead to a whole bunch of stuff like chronic stress and burnout and just dissatisfaction with your own achievement. It also can leave us vulnerable to limited resilience. It makes it challenging for us to bounce back from setbacks when we interpret failures as personal shortcomings rather than as opportunities for learning and growth. It can also leave us vulnerable to a very narrow comfort zone. And you know what happens when we have a very narrow comfort zone? We don't grow. It can leave us vulnerable to actually impaired decision-making. We make choices based on avoiding failures rather than pursuing opportunities aligned with goals and values. can't think of how many times in the decision-making process early on in my leadership, the number one criteria that helped me realize what I should do with the decision was, oh, what if it doesn't work out? That is no way to make decisions. So what should we do with failure? I want to give you three words. They all start with the letter O, right? When you come up against failure, number one, observe it. Shine a light on it. Don't avoid looking at it. Secondly, own it. Just acknowledge it. Don't fight it. Why do we fight so hard to be right all the time? We're not. It's an image thing, an identity thing. We have so much attachment between our identity and our performance, and it's killing us. You are not a failure. You fail. Everyone fails. You're not a failure. The third O word is obey. Take the next right steps that emerge from your Here's from last week, your self-reflection on the failure and move forward. Schooled and supported, move forward anyway. Can I remind you today as you're listening, and can you pull this out, pull the picture of me out of your drawer the next time you experience failure? I want to remind you that you are loved. You matter. You're precious. You're one of a kind, sent to this world for a -a one-of-a-kind dream pursuit to help the world be a better place. Your value has nothing to do with your behavior. Consider the way of Jesus with failure for a minute. I want to bring up three points from three stories in the Gospels, the stories of the life of Jesus in the New Testament. Consider the, the first way of Jesus when he dealt with failure. He used it as an opportunity for restoration. At this character, Peter, Jesus called him to follow him as a fisherman. In John chapter 21, after Peter's denial of Jesus at his crucifixion, Peter meets Jesus 
in his resurrected state after he rose from the dead on the beach. And after his denial, this is the first interaction Peter has with Jesus after he let him down big time. Talk about failure. How does Jesus respond to Peter? Jesus not only forgives him and loves him, but he also reinstates him into a position of leadership for his work, his ongoing mission to save the world, emphasizing the transformative power of grace. He is restored and reinstated into an elevated position of leadership. Secondly, when you think of the way of Jesus and you think of how he deals with failure, Think about the times when he uses failure as an opportunity for the disciples to be educated. So not only restoration, but education. In Mark 9, when his disciples are sent out and they fail to cast out a demon, Jesus doesn't berate them, but instead he uses the opportunity to teach them about the importance of faith and prayer as they interact with the demons and the challenges that will inevitably come as a follower of Jesus. So restoration, education, and how about this one? In dealing with failure, correction. In Mark 10, one chapter later, when James and John, the sons of thunder, sought positions of prominence in the disciples' community, Jesus corrects their misguided ambition with a gentle reminder of the true nature of leadership and service. He corrects them, and as a result, they grow they become even more useful for the kingdom of God. Can I extend an invitation to you today? As you deal with actual failure in your own pursuit, and man, I'd love to hear your stories. Share them with me if you'd like. Uh, You can get my email address uh, in the show notes. But as you deal with actual failure in your pursuit and you observe it, right, instead of ignoring it, as you own it, Instead of excusing it or blaming someone or something else, here's the invitation that you would look to the Jesus way, to the way of Jesus for love, support, and guidance to lead you to obey. That's the invitation. So when you're looking at that failure and you're wrestling with it and you're tempted to just shut down or pull back or stop moving forward, Instead, think restoration. Can receiving Jesus' love and encouragement in this moment of my failure actually restore my sense of calling and lead me to a recommitment to the dream he has placed in my heart? As you deal and wrestle with failure, think about education. Is there something I can learn here that will help me grow and flourish moving forward? Finally, as you wrestle with failure, think about correction. Is there a better way to do this? Is there a way that's more efficient, more productive, more joy-producing? As your guide today, I want to finish by reminding you that God created you. He, as your creator, has placed in your heart a dream to co-create something that makes the world a better place, an idea in your heart to pursue. That pursuit will involve failing. Big or small, you will stumble and fall. Not if, but when. So to fear that and to allow that looming reality to stop you from acting will keep you from restoration, education, and correction. And as my coach says to me all the time, 
failing our opportunities to add to the pool of wisdom, the pool of information. And that pool, when all pulled together and examined and sorted through, what does it say about us? What does it say about you? You are loved. You have been entrusted with a great gift. Your dream that makes a world a better place is placed in your heart by your creator. How special is that? Failure will not keep us from that. Thank you so much for joining me again today for another episode of Stop Doubting Your Dream. I'd like to invite you to explore my social media, my blog, reach out to me in my email for more tips and insights on failure and how to acknowledge it and deal with it. And then I also want to remind you that next week, we're going to take a first look at my book club, some of my favorite reads and why they matter and the insights and sparks of encouragement that we can receive from great authors. So as I close today, remember, the journey towards your dream begins today. Take action with a single step.